back. Hello. Uh, we're recording the night after Eurovision. How do you feel? Well, I thought we were going to cover this on the podcast rather than just in we the... Are recording, we're covering it now. Okay. We're covering it on podcast now. I feel tired. Right. Because bloody hell, they go on late. <laughs> it does go on for a while. I thought it would be finished by 11, but they hadn't even finished like the bit where everyone's voting and they're putting on medleys of Liverpoolian songs, for example. <laughs> I was like, five past eleven, I'm like, we haven't even got to the voting yet. I think we're showing our age here okay. by moaning at that. However, like, we are kind of the furthest back in time of the European nations. What? Sorry, I'm confused. You, we're so, furthest back in time, what, you mean like in time zones? Yes. Right. So we are, when it's mid, it finishes at midnight for us. Right. For like Italy, it will finish at like... Two o'clock and in, in the morning. And Australia? What is happening there? Well, Australia, like, are the Johnny-come-latelys, aren't they? So I don't think we <laughs> kind of plan around there. No, but I'm just saying that they, they'll have a funny old time. Well, it's they? the morning when, it's like, when the morning they get up, or something, so, right? yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, it is late, though. It does go on a bit. There is a lot of... Should we just cover Eurovision now? That's what I'm doing. I'm doing <laughs> well, that now. Okay. Well, I was going to cover this as part of talking television. <laughs> but, yeah, Okay. It goes on, but bloody hell, I enjoy it. Yeah, it is really good. I think a few years ago, there was a very, very British thing of knocking the Eurovision. It was always seen as like this little bit cringe, and I can see why. That's the joy because of it. it is. But I think, I don't want to get political, but I think ever since Brexit, there has been, there seems to have been a reevaluation by a lot of people on this. and it's really been embraced a lot more um, and it's so joyous and it's so nice just to see everyone getting on and at the time when the world is pretty shit I, that last night was just a load of joy to me mm, a lot of happiness uh, I thought the and obviously it's within like the UK isn't it so you sort of feel like if you're saying it's good you just sort of a bit biased but I did really think we I thought we did a very very good job like I'm old enough to remember when we last had it and I think it was Eureka John Ulrika Johnson who did some of the hosting yes and I remember at the time thinking this is not having a go Eureka that it was all a bit wooden and a bit not quite, yeah, and a bit cringe, cringe again, but in not not a good way. I can't even remember who else was a host. Probably Terry Wogan or something like that. But it, I just remember thinking, oh, we're not coming across here as particularly fun or or very polished. And I thought we did a a really good job last night in last night think of being fun and polished, like you know, of having moments of levity, of having moments of madness, but also incredibly good hosting by all four hosts. Yeah, obviously worth saying we were hosting it on behalf of Ukraine, um, due to obviously the war that's taking place in Ukraine at the minute. Um and it was it really did show the best of the best of Britain, certainly the best of Liverpool, mm. which I, it's obviously it's a beautiful city. I I, yeah. I love it. And but then still touched upon Ukraine. It showed the similarities between the the nations that was about to sing. It, it's easy to like roll your eyes at the videos that are that are on in between the songs. But it did a real beautiful and quite poignant thing of showing something in the UK and then something similar in the Ukraine and then something similar 
in the country that was about to sing. Because it was all about unity, wasn't it? Yeah. So that was the theme going through. And those, those sorts of things, usually when they do those videos, it's just the act waving a flag yes. in some sort of part of the country in which they're, the host, host nation is. But this time, and you can sort of laugh at them and you could kind of go off and make a cup of tea, but this time you really felt like you wanted to watch to see the place in Ukraine, at the people who were there, and then the similar places across the world. Um, also, um, shout out to our little bit of the video. Not ours, but... Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah show Waving um, outside our front door. Well, like Angel of the North, um, which is in Gateshead, near where we live, was shown. And that was really lovely. To, and apparently you told me, didn't you, that in the big town square where they were showing it live in the middle of Newcastle City Centre, the, a great big yell went up when that came up on the screen. Apparently so, yeah. yeah. I'd Which love to nice. have been there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, I mean, I'd love to have been in Liverpool. Oh, um, I know, I know. Go, but yeah. yeah, I mean... Can I ask a question? You can. As someone who sometimes hates things when they're a bit over-sensory, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how is it you feel so close to Eurovision? Because... There are a lot of flags where, if I was to pick it, I would say, mm. Elaine will just switch off from this. The, the, there are times where sometimes the like the lights, if it's like a mad light show and it's just yelling, bit like Germany last night. I don't know if anyone at home seen the Germany, but it was very rocky. It was very sort of hard metal, wasn't it? And there were some interesting costumes that kept me going. Um, and it was a lot of lights. Sometimes things like that, I will just switch off and I'll have to look elsewhere. But the i think if you know what you're getting into so the maximalism of eurovision really tries it's a bit like the darts you know you would think yeah. i would absolutely hate the darts but i love being in that arena for that period of time i know it's going to come to an end and it's the same with eurovision imagine if it didn't yeah, no, imagine um i couldn't do it every weekend i would I wouldn't be able to do that, but I know once a year there's going to be this event where I'll just really enjoy the colourful nature of it, the the big and the bold, and and if it gets a bit too much, I will just you know go off and make a cup of tea or switch off or look at my score sheet. And uh, <laughs> we didn't do score sheets yesterday. No, I wasn't particularly. I was a little bit not quite ready for it yesterday. I think. It kind of snuck up on me a bit, and the I, I also I said to you at the time it felt a bit too good, <laughs> and one of the joys of Eurovision for me is that many of the songs this is historically many of the songs and many of the artists have just been absolutely awful, and then they've done really well and people have really got behind. Whereas as time has gone on, the crowd and the people watching know the songs before time like we never used to have this yeah. where the album was out you know months in advance or the songs were on spotify mm. or they'd already been released in various countries and what you're getting now is songs that are, have already been hits throughout europe are being entered into the competition so people know them already and they do these tours now as well where the the artists go and they tour around the different countries and they're on like their version of the one show and so everyone gets to know the songs and I find that really peculiar because back in the day when I was watching it, like in the mid nineties, no one would have a clue who was, you know, who was singing and what they were singing. And it was a bit of a surprise. So I find that a bit of a switch that my brain hasn't quite caught up with. 
I'm just trying to think of a Lithuanian footballer I can compare to Jermaine Jenis <laughs> on the Lithuanian version of the one show. But uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I love it. Mm. I think it's a great night. Twitter is never as oh, much so fun funny. as it is on Eurovision night. Yeah. Um, like, you can really tell. Interestingly, wrestling Twitter was um, mm-hmm. very fun last night. The, most, the Venn diagram between wrestling Twitter and Eurovision think, well, yeah. is closer than you may Well, there were expect. lots of people, a lot of the artists did look like wrestlers. Um, yeah, that's true. So there were true. lots of comparisons. So, <laughs> yeah, a lovely little wrestling uh, sort of segue for you whilst watching Eurovision. Uh, yeah, Happy ex- days. Excellent. These are a few of my favourite things. <laughs> and what did you think of the winner then? Well, I liked the 50 quid it's going to put in my pocket <laughs> from the office sweepstake. But um, Yeah, I was really pleased about that as well. Yeah, well, I'd be even pleased when I get paid tomorrow. I hope I've not got it wrong. And like, I've got, like... You had Sweden and Serbia as well, and Serbia were meant to do quite well, but yeah, I don't I got, know where they came. I had Greece as well, but they oh, got knocked you? out in the semis. Uh, okay. So, yeah, they were actually... Just, just goes to show, like, out of someone sent an email around saying, "Do you know, fancy Eurovision sweepstake," and there were enough interest that we had six concurrent um, things. So there's actually six winners that <laughs> get the money. Oh, that's great! And it sounded a bit for charity as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's good fun, and also I won. So, yeah. And it was a song that was predicted to win as well. Yeah, that's. I prefer it when something comes out of nowhere. Same. And for me, Eurovision peaked about eight years ago when this with the song No Prejudice, which oh, was the which was the Iceland entry that year. Honestly, you were singing that in the run up to Eurovision over the last couple of days, and I don't know if you knew you were doing it. No, or if no, you were I don't think of, I did. I think I called yeah, myself a couple of times, but yeah, yeah you love yeah. that song, and it's got a lovely it's got a lovely story to it. Obviously, No Prejudice and Do Away with Discrimination, and it's it's got a lovely theme to it. My personal favorite Eurovision song, thanks for asking, is um, Love City Groove. Love City Groove, like by Love City Groove. I just love that song so much, and you can't get it anywhere on Spotify. Funny that, isn't it? <laughs> Spotify. Um, you mean Love City Groove don't have an entry on Spotify? No, but they what they do have, what Spotify does have, is like a little version of Love City Groove by Love City Groove, and so I do listen to it, which is awful. Like, why am I listening to this sort of like you know uh, keyboard Casio sort of like um, preset? version of Love City Groove. I mean, what, I'm literally you, on Love City on Groove phone, and right, literally, what? you know on Spotify when there's mm. the top five songs? Yeah. So Love City Groove and all five of them are Love City Groove. So, um... Oh, they must have come on. That, that was not there before. That was not there before. Oh my God. There's a Love City Groove Jason Nevin's Hard Love Mix. <gasps> This is this is new information that I can't handle. It's good that we've also got the name of the episode so early. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm so pleased. Right, well, that's what I'm doing as soon as I finish this. Wow, who knew that there was an album? A Love City Groove album? No, well, not me, because it wasn't there. Hard it's times. A, do you think this is because... I think this is because Eurovision's become so popular and the the songs of Eurovision have become so popular as well. Because that was not there six months ago. J-U-M-P, Let's Get Funky, Soft Spot. Okay. Trouble, Sentence of Love. Well, Inner looking, City Love. I am looking forward to all Inner, of this. Inner, spell I-double-N-A. Mm, okay. Gonna make it all right. Coliore. Probably not spelled. Not, probably not probably pronounced not right. Probably not pronounced like yeah. that, yeah. Blue. And then, not one, but two versions of Love City Groove. That's right. The Euro Mix and the Soul Mix. Oh, I'm so happy. 
The one thing I remember about Love City Groove is, oh, they've re-released it this year. That's why. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, the one thing I remember is being at Alton Towers with Scouts and going on the... What's the thing called where you splash into the water? Like log flume. Okay, yeah. And for some reason singing it was we were going round on oh. the log flume. Why would I do that? I have no idea. Because lyrically, that's a bit weird. You know, like, it's, it's interesting lyrically, isn't it? In the morning when the sun shines down on your body, we're really making love now. I was 14. Whilst you're on a log flume, though. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the imagery is uh, yeah, yeah. not lost on me now. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not the best song. It's great. I imagine. It was really ahead of its time. I remember, well, that's, like, that's it. the that's 1995, it. was it? 1995? Oh, I'm that thinking. Makes sense. I'm thinking '96, but I'm probably going to be wrong. You're I think really good on '96 was Gina G. Oh, okay. And '97 was Love Shine a Light. Okay, all right. I don't know how I know this. All right, so. Ken <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like it was, it was thought of as like a big risk to put like a rap dance song. Yes, Whereas that's now, why I really like it. I love that idea. I remember at the time them saying this is ahead of its time, and I think that really captured my imagination at the time. And also now, age forty-two. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry for interrupting the flow of what you thought the podcast was going to be by bringing Eurovision into this early part of the podcast. I never got to mention Sonia or Nikki French. Well, you can now. Sonia, Nikki French. <laughs> Why do you want to mention them? What was the context? Just, I like mentioning random things. What, who was the ones who, who was the really, really awful ones? What, Scooch? Scooch, yeah. But they were, they were again, I want to say they're really awful because they were doing what they were told to do. They were they were like steps, but on lots of drugs. Do you know what I mean? Like, they were like super duper. That's accusations, but we're not going to get <laughs> You know what I mean? But you know what I mean? Like, like really, really heightened version of step. Then they knew what they were meant to do. They were fl- flying the flag all over the world. They're flying the flag for love. Um, I have no idea why I remember these songs. There was, was it Daz? Daz Sampson. He did one about being at school. I remember that. There was a definitely... A setting of the school and the old school desks. What's kind of weird has he appeared to be in his mid thirties? Yeah, making your mind up's a fucking good song. Though. It is a good, a good song, and I like the fact that they rolled out um, the currently talking to each other members of formerly known as Books Fizz, now known as, known as the Fizz, throughout the whole of the Liverpool thing. They rolled yeah. them out constantly. Cheryl Baker's never been so busy. I don't know. Eggs and Baker will have <laughs> got her, uh, got some work. <laughs> Come on. That is such a deep cut. Do you remember Eggs and Baker? Yes, of course I do. That's the only thing I remember about Cheryl Baker. <laughs> it's a TV show. Did she do cooking in it? Was that? Uh, was I, it like think, a... I think it was. I, I feel like it was almost like a precursor to like this morning or something like that. It was one of those sort of early breakfast. No, no, no. It was a kids show. Was it? Yeah, it was a kids show where she like, I think she had like bands on. But she also did a bit of cooking every now and again. I do not remember that at I'm, all. I'm looking this up. But we need to settle this. It's weird, this. isn't it, that you remember a TV show but don't actually remember what happened in it? Yeah. I th- well, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure that this was some executives in a room <laughs> going, I've got an idea. Oh, Eggs and Baker. Cheryl Baker. <laughs> Eggs. But yeah, they, um, uh, they rolled them out quite a lot, didn't they? Throughout the whole of the semi-finals and then... 
into the finals and they keep constantly saying they're not allowed to be called Book Space because they don't own the IP. Eggs and Baker is a Saturday morning children's BBC music oh, wow. and cookery show presented by Book Space singer Cheryl Baker. Well, not you apparently. No. I think it was... I mean, I remember it, but obviously not that well. It was on the, in between Anne and Good Morning with Anne and with Nick. With Anne and Nick, that's yeah. what, maybe that's what I'm thinking about. It was often shown in the early morning slot before the magazine show Going Live. Wow. Got three seasons and that would be that. why we would know it because we would be watching going live. Yeah, definitely. During this time, Baker was still a member of Bucks Fizz and would often appear with the group on the show. Sadly, Bobby G's now uh, it's took, he's took gone his, off somewhere else. Took the name. <laughs> he tours as Bucks Fizz. Oh, does he? And then the other three: Cheryl. I don't know what the other guy is. Okay. Uh, Jay Aston is that? Okay. His name? I don't know. I don't know whether that's the girl or the boy. Uh, I, think uh, a, I think it's a girl. Actually. Called the Fizz. They're called the Fizz. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, keep your skirts on. It's all they kept shouting at them, and I'm like, that they must get sick of that. They must get sick of that reference. That cannot be the only thing that people know about you, but it is. But it is. Apart from eggs and bacon. Name the other two books Fizz number ones. I have no idea. I mean, you I must was, know one. No, because I well, I saw we saw them on uh, the repeats of Top of the Pops, didn't we? Because they yes. were they were on quite a lot more than I remember. But it just goes out of my head. So one's really famous. Is it? Yeah. Nope. Land of Make Believe. Oh, is that the dun, 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 little dun, dun, one? You're dun, an outlaw one. Yeah, okay, again. now that you've. Yeah, right. And what's the other one? My camera never lies. Wow. <laughs> Bet it does. Bet it does. <laughs> watching television, watching television. So, what have we got to talk about for television? Oh, well, I would like to do Fatal Attraction. <laughs> Oh, I realise we haven't spoken about this before the podcast. I would, I would really like to do Fatal Attraction because I really want to talk to you about it. And um, Race Across the race, World. Race Across the World. Could I revisit Yellow Jackets as well? I'd like to talk to you a little bit about what, how I'm feeling about Yellow Jackets at the moment. And it will be spoiler free. It won't give anything away to you. But I would just like to rehearse my feelings about Series 2. So I was about to ask you quite like off the podcast if you were still watching it because I've oh, not right. seen you like normally I'm walking like when I'm at work I will walk down and if uh, you, you're taking a break <laughs> yeah. and yeah <laughs> you'll have it on yeah but I've not seen that for a few weeks oh should we talk about it now then while we're while we're thinking about it I think we're gonna <laughs> um so loved 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 series one as you know was really really into the law was really really into the characters I just felt this affinity to the 90s setup because obviously it's dual timeline but you know when they go back in time and they're from the, and, they, and then obviously as grown-ups as adults they're all sort of like our age yes because of that that timeline so there's real affinity and it's stories about women very different women as well so all of those things were like tick 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 down down the thing and then this idea of this mystery this this fascinating mystery of what happened in the forest when these young girls if anyone hasn't seen yellow jacks before doesn't know what it is but these young girls they're in a football team and their plane crashes when they're on the way to some sort of big football event um and so they're in the wilderness as they call they call it which i think is meant to be like the canadian rockies or yeah, something like yeah. that um, and then <laughs> and, and then you you jump forward in time to see um the people who have clearly survived this event and to see what's happening with them and now that they're sort of in their sort of forties, and series two was set up with all these, these different mysteries of what had happened in the forest. There was this these uh, there was the suggestion that they'd gone a bit. Um, what's the um, what's the thing? Lord of the Flies. Yes. Was it? Lord of the Flies, and 
um, lots of different mis- mysterious elements had been had been set up. Series two start, started well. I was getting back into it. There were characters that I, as adults, had suddenly appeared, and I was a little bit mm, about the casting of some of them, but some others were really good. But as time went on, I was finding myself feeling something just wasn't right. Okay. Um, and I think I've got it down to the. I think it's pace. I think it's pace. But I also think it's story now as well. Yeah. Um, p- the pacing is all over the place. And I'm finding myself getting really annoyed when we go to certain characters yeah. in certain timelines, which I didn't have that in series one. It was like, well, if you went to a character, you were learning more about them, no matter where in the timeline it was. And every time you went to someone, you you felt that sense of happiness because you were getting a little bit more information and you were putting it all together like a jigsaw. With series two, what I found is that when we're going to certain storylines and certain characters and certain timelines, I am just rolling my eyes or I'm turning off or I'm not finding it believable. I think it's really moved from, yes, heightened, but also a sense of grounded, you know, people behaving in the way that, you would think that they probably would behave yes in series one to now just people doing really really weird things and so for example a character um abandoning a family member and then not mentioning that family member for episodes and episodes and you thinking well you've not even said oh so-and-so's looking after them or um i really hope they're okay it's almost like they don't exist um things that occurred in series one which were a really big plot point just seem to have fizzled out in in series two or being brushed aside some comedic moments that i just don't think have worked um and the latest episode um that i've got i'm I'm up to date with it i've not even finished the episode i i had to go back to work i was having a little break and then i was watching it and i had to go and do something so i wasn't able to finish it and I haven't gone back to it. Um, I've also heard on other podcasts people saying the same thing. So the crew of the Pilot TV podcast, um, Pilot TV Plus, which is like their paid for version of the podcast, which I've got. um, They said last week that they were ready to walk away from it as well. Now, I'm not ready to walk away, but I'm disappointed I think it was always going to be tough, and like I said, I w- I wasn't pulled in by the first episode of this series, and I I will go back to it, and I'll probably binge it once once they're all out. But there was nothing in that first episode that made me want to watch another episode, which is which is odd considering how much we loved that first season. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sorry because I know that it was a show that meant a lot to you. Yeah, and it's it's not like I think it's gone completely. I'm I still love. The characters, I still love the setup. There are lots more um, lost elements to it this time round, and I don't know whether maybe it just needs to come together a little bit more yeah. for me. Um, but there's certainly loads of things that really, really reminded me of Lost, which then keep me intrigued. I just characterization, characters just don't seem to be right. Pacing's really weird. Editing's really weird, and you, I'm just finding myself going that wouldn't and it's not even like that wouldn't happen because we know there are elements of this that are fantastical but really 
that person wouldn't do that or we've just wiped something away there yeah and that's bad storytelling we yeah. should at least have something to say oh okay we 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 know that for example this you care for this person why have you not mentioned them why hasn't there been something said even just a, a one-liner um so yeah it's it's a funny one they've obviously got plans to do um three four even for i'm sure i've heard something like five series i'm a little bit worried about that i don't know whether that's what the problem is yeah yeah i think this could have been i mean this could have been a one and done quite yes, easily i agree um obviously it was left with a some mm. a lot of threads hanging i'm i'm not sure i'm i'm in this for a five-year mm. no and i i wasn't either yeah, tell you what it it, made, it really reminds me of. Do you remember when there was the writers' strike years ago and shows? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and shows. You could see that that it really affected programs. You mean we get Sawyer and Kate and <laughs> Jack pissing about on some daft island, playing with um, playing in cages? Yes, um, that's what it feels like to me. I, I would if you, if I didn't know any better. I would have placed this at like a writer's strike or something had happened mm. within the writing team because there's something not quite right. That's how it feels to me. It feels like, oh, we've had a writer's strike or we've had a, a problem with the writing and this is the best that they could cobble together. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's mm. it's a it's a funny one. But I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm hoping it might come... There's a couple of episodes left. And I'm hoping it might come together and I might feel a little bit better about the series as a whole. But I am... My my love for it is waning. Whereas, I mean, it's clearly not a quality show like Fatal Attraction. <laughs> I love Fatal Attraction. Sorry, spoiler alert for my review. I love the new series, Fatal Attraction. So have you seen the yes. 80s film? Yes, but not for a very, very long time. I'm sure I w- watched it like in the, the late 80s. That was early appropriate. 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and you've seen it recently, haven't I've you? Seen, I'm, like in the past 10 years, yeah. Um, it, it was a film that I'd never seen. Um, obviously because my parents apparently um, my parents I remember it was a big fan my dad was a big fan of it funny that mm-hmm. and um, yeah well it's a proper thriller yes. to me it's like Hand That Rocks the Cradle um, I can't think of any other 90s thrillers now I'm saying this and Fatal Attract you know those sort of like those big bombastic mad woman thriller of the 80s and 90s basic attraction uh, that's basic instinct, instinct sorry yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and I put it in the category of all of those sort of nineties thrillers that I love. And I think if you look back now, there are many, many problems oh, with huge, the portrayal. Like huge. she is portrayed as the well, the bunny boiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where we get the phrase from. Yeah. Whereas he's like, what else was he meant to do? Like oh, the woman was throwing himself at him. You know, <laughs> like oh, woof, I'm, he's, yeah. only, he's only human. He's only human. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. yeah and she's portrayed him. as the bad person in yeah. this, whereas. He's the one who's made the betrayal to his wife. I I expect that these problems have all been solved in this TV, in this reimagining well, this of the TV is, show. This is what I'm going to say because because it has been put forward and it's um on Paramount Plus at the moment. The first three episodes were put up and then they're releasing new episodes. Um, I think it's every Monday. Um, this is this is how much I know about this because normally I don't have that much information. Do you tell I like it? Um, 
so when I went into this, I thought, oh, this is going to be this this retelling of Fatal Attraction, and it's probably going to put all put to rights all the things that were wrong, all the problematic elements with the Glenn Close Michael Douglas film, and we're going to see this renewed, and we're probably going to see that the um the the man who's having the affair is um is in the wrong and how it affects his family and it's it might be like a coercive control situation or or domestic but you know and i thought yeah. oh they might do something like that to sort of put it into a, a modern day there's many things that they could explore as part Absolutely. of this um as to reasons why people have affairs yes and things like yeah, that. yeah totally. i think we we know a lot more about the psychology of mm-hmm. of this now so we've got Joshua Jackson essentially playing the mug. He's um he's a wannabe judge. He's a big lawyer, big hotshot lawyer, and he's he's trying to be a judge. Um, he learned off Coach Bombay. Then. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Really? Is that from Dawson's Creek? No, no, no. Joshua Jackson's best role, right, is in the Mighty Ducks. Oh, where okay. Coach Gordon seen... Bombay coaches the Mighty Ducks okay. with Captain Charlie Conway. Oh, lovely. I think he ends up sh- um, hooking up with Charlie's mum as well because that's what happens in these films. Joshua... Have you never seen? Have you never seen the Mighty <laughs> no, Ducks? I've never seen the Mighty Ducks. Oh, no, th- that's a date night. By. That's a date night to come. Oh, God. Right. You okay. like sports movies? Can I Can I carry on? I'm thinking about the I'm Mighty Ducks I'm very excited now. about talking about this film. Okay. And then you've got Lizzie Kaplan essentially playing the Glenn Close character. They are, they meet at work, so it's... It's an interesting change in terms of the plot. Um, they're meeting at work. She is dealing with um, the victims unit. So she's doing like the legal aid, the people who are, have been victims of um, you know terrible crimes. And then he is the, um, the, the lawyer. I think he might be a prosecutor. I don't know. It, I wasn't getting that far into the plot. Anyway, he's trying to get a judgeship and um things things aren't necessarily going right for him at work and so he's you know and it's that thing of oh you can see he's getting frustrated he's got a beautiful family at home he's got a lovely wife and a daughter and he lives in a beautiful house and he's doing really well but you know um he's he's struggling and things aren't quite going where they want at work and then this woman comes along and flutters her eyelashes at him you know it kind of sort of follows that that along and you can see him making those choices and um, the funny thing and i'm going to say this now before i forget the funny thing is they've made joshua jackson look really really unattractive i can't quite understand what they have done to him but there's some weird things going on with his hair they've made him look like much older and like there's one scene (laughs) there's one scene where he's in his underpants and they're just really awful like they're really awful, like white, like Y fronts, and this is meant to be like a sexy scene, right? And the entire time, I'm not thinking, oh, this is going to be like a passionate love scene. I'm thinking, oh my god, like you can't try to have sex with Lizzie Kaplan with those pants on, like but I'd be, I'd be ashamed. <laughs> like, like go home and sort that out. If you're going to have an affair, at least like you know, put some nice boxes on. Is but- that not a comment on? where he is in his life oh i mean i think you're giving the show more credit than it deserves but clearly that's a very deliberate choice i mean mean, i've not seen this so yeah yeah. and he's and he's got his socks on and maybe it's but i just kind of thought he's meant to be this powerful sexy man and i just thought he was a bit pathetic really not just because of his underwear but just just generally just didn't look like someone who would but anyway, I digress. It just took me out of it for, for quite a while. So there's lots of, obviously, affair. There's lots of these 
very choreographed sex scenes. They are, they're not sexy sex scenes. They're, it's very, here is a shot, here is a shot. We're on a chaise long, he's lying behind her, he kisses her, and, and then the, the covers. I mean, there is, <laughs> he's got this dog, and the dog's just like sitting there and thinking, God, that's awful, that poor dog's having to put up with all of this going on. Um, I have fears for the dog. Um, the, <laughs> the, there is no rabbit, but there is a dog, and I, um, I do have fears. Um, the thing that I want to say about the show, right? I watched the first two episodes and thought, God, what am I watching? Like, why am I watching this? I just, <laughs> this is just terrible. And then I watched episode three, and episode three changes the dynamic in that it's a, um, a an episode that takes you back through all the events that you've seen so far, but you see it from her perspective. You see it from Lizzie Kaplan's perspective. Now, you might think, oh, you're going to see it from her perspective and then all the problematic elements of this have gone away, that this is something completely new, like we've just said. Yeah. Do not think that. This is a show where the woman who is having an affair with the man is totally mad, right? Totally and utterly mad. And that is... The, the show is telling us that. She's clearly got some kind of psychopathic... There's some kind of disorder that... that she doesn't just do this with him. You can see that she's done it with other people. She has problems in her life in terms of relationships. And I think a lot of the reviews that come out have said, oh, you could... Because it's got like two stars, one stars in a lot of places. A lot of the reviews that have come out have said, oh, you could have done something so much different, you know, that you could have really taken it in different... But quite frankly, I am really enjoying the fact that we're not looking at it with new eyes. We're not completely reimagining it. This is just a show where a mad woman has an affair with a man and she then carries on with her madness and he has to live with the consequences of the fact that he's had an affair with this woman who's clearly gone and clearly needs a lot of psycho psychiatric help. I mean, I've got and, women like that. Yeah. They, they are out there, trust me. <laughs> well, I hope not as bad as Lizzie Kaplan see I don't even know her character name but this I don't know why but to me like for me there's something just sort of like all right then here we are I can get on board with that I don't have to think about other things I just the show isn't doing anything it probably thinks it is but the show is just saying here is someone who is who is affecting the life of someone else because they've had an affair and then he's called it off and you're seeing the different the different viewpoints. I did forget to mention as well. Oh dear. That there's a setup to this, which is that it, at the beginning of the show, we are ahead in time. Yes, I'm and aware so, of this. Yes, yeah. so you you're aware, but um, just in case people oh, at yeah, home are, yeah. um, we are ahead in time. An event has happened. And then we see the outcome of that. So we're going backwards and forwards in time, which again, you know I love a dual narrative. So that I'm really enjoying, I'm just, I just really like it. And when I got to the end of episode three, I was like, oh, um, I've got a day off and I might sit and watch like the rest of it because I'm just really enjoying it. And then I got to put, I put on Paramount Plus and I was like, what? What? Like pressing the button. I was like, where's that? That'd be really good for the recording quality as well, by the way. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I'm tapping the table. Tapping the table. 
Yeah, well, I was tapping away, tapping at the, tapping at the remote control. Got like, where's episode four? Where's episode four? It wasn't there. So yeah, th- first three released and then weekly. Yeah, that's so the modern way. It's, it's, oh, is or it? The mo- oh, the modern way. So that seems to be the way that a lot of these streamers are going. Well, I was upset. I well, wanted to. I wanted to see it. I don't know what to tell you. So we've done two of my programs. Let's yes. let's do something for you. Race across the world, season three. Um, to anyone who's we've covered this before, but to anyone who's not heard of this, this is a show where you get. Um, it's a game show, I would say. Yeah, like a, a reality yeah, slash reality game, game yeah. show where you get a number of couples uh, placing a point and they have to get to another point across the world. Um, the They have the budget of the same price as a flight between the two points. Um, season one was London to Singapore. Uh, season two was, um, I think, the top end of Mexico down to the bottom end of Argentina. And now season three, they are going from the west coast to the east coast of Canada. Um, during this time, like they have set set checkpoints across the way, so they will have to go to this town or this city or along the way, so that they're not just going absolutely rogue and uh, <laughs> sodding off to sodding off on a complete goose chase. And we obviously spend a lot of time with these, and I think it's it's often we spend a lot of time and we get to know the the couples. And yeah. there are not some people are married, some people are father and you know parent and child, yeah. or, um, or, or just friends, friends or mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and we get to know them throughout them, and they get to know each other as well, which mm-hmm. is probably one of the nice things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been huge fans of the first two series, and so we're really excited about this. What do you think of this series? <laughs> well, I think maybe I should ask you that question. Okay. Yeah, yes, you've, you've been talking you've, a lot, haven't you've you? You've got a lot to say yeah. on this as well. No, I mean... I, can so, just, I feel you've got things that you want to get off your chest. No. So I think one of the problems with this for me is this this season took away a lot of the gamification of this. Um, because it was during the pandemic. I think we have to say that there was a... There was a change this time. They weren't able to do as many things as they as they wanted to do. It wasn't race across the world because it was filmed during the pandemic. And you'll see people with the masks on, and so that a lot. I think perhaps for the production team, a lot of the choices that they wanted to make were taken away. So I think it's important to say that. So I think I think one part of this is the fact, one hundred percent, the fact that they stay in one country the entire time, and this is probably the. Aside from going to Russia, this is probably the longest two points between in a in a country that you could get. I understand that, but part of the part of the gamification of this this show is a fact that that I love is the fact that you get the choice between do two people take the take the train which costs more but is quicker, or do they take the bus which is which is a lot cheaper and you save your budget. You have to work as much later on in the in the process to sit reserve your budget. Um, or do you do you work and see if you can catch a lift or something like that? On this, certainly in the early stages when they are in absolutely rural Arctic tundra, they're relying so much on lifts from strangers, on catching, almost hitchhiking. Like hitchhiking yeah. is illegal in Canada, but you can go you and ask people for a lift mm. in. You can't go on the side of the road, but you can in like forecourts yeah. and garages and things like that. So a lot of this seemed to, certainly in the early stages, was just down to how well you could blag a lift and how lucky you were that someone was going the same direction as you at a certain time. And that, it really took me a long time to adjust to this. Now, obviously, as they get further west, 
they you know the the Canadian cities are far more uh, far more populated. There's a lot more tourism. There's a lot more public transport between the between the two places uh, that they're getting to. So that was resolved later on, but it it did feel like a bit. Yeah, yeah. A bit and fun. the reviews that are, that came out and it became a bit of a meme as well. There was what one um a couple of, in particular, father daughter a couple who um used taxis a lot and yes. and uh, probably to a point what I would do as well. They got to a point in the day where they just thought, you know what, I don't want to stand in the rain anymore, and the taxi is available, and so that's what they were going for. Um, and other couples as well did it as well. It wasn't just them; yeah. it just that the show showed us them doing it more and more, just getting to a point where they were just like. You know, God, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna flag a taxi down, and, that, and then we're gonna use that. And we—I ha- don't think we'd seen that before the use of of taxis as much, because there was never really a need to. Because no. even going through, even going through sort of parts of Asia and stuff like that, um, and and certainly in in the second season when they were going through like Latin America, there were lots of buses, weren't there? Yeah, lots of buses, mm, lots trains, of trains, yeah. and things like that. And I think you're right in the the differences that when they were going through the different countries that there were just it was a different language. Each you know almost like every time you were going somewhere new, it was so it was the communication as well. The first season, the first season for me is the strongest in terms of the actual plot because it is such a long journey, and if you imagine going through Europe and then going mm. through the um, like the 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 stand countries Kazakhstan and uh, through the Black Sea and things like that, mm-hmm. and then going through to East uh, South and East Asia, it is like a different show every single time, yeah. and you're in different terrain. Whereas yeah. in season two, season two I've got a few problems with because obviously going through Latin America there are absolutely no go areas, yeah. and there are times where things kicked off where the producers to had just, to yeah. step in and yeah. take them out of that situation, which. Mm-hmm kind of of course they have to but mm. it did kind of take me out of the show for a little bit the fact that they were they were on the you know during this this horrible situation and at one point they had to take a flight out of an out area of an because, area. because mm. there, was, there was they were in real trouble mm. um and and in this one i think there was a lot of time where you are just looking at ice roads and yeah and and i found i've got more into this as the show went on as they were going to different areas and very mad like the last season the last episode i won't put any spoilers out there but there is a decision that couples have to make about whether to take a long journey or a small journey and people take different journeys and it's when this pays off and you were saying to me and i was agreeing because we always play along of what would we do in yeah. this situation which is really easy to when you're you're at home in the warmth yeah. eating with your partner watching the television going well we wouldn't have done i would have yeah. done that and, and we said didn't we because i said to you which one would you do because i i wasn't sure and you said oh well that's the you know that's the i'm sorry i'm doing the voice for you but then that, that you absolutely they've done the wrong thing and this and i was like oh i agree with you so i was sort of playing along in my mind thinking oh we'd get on that one yeah. and what would happen and that wasn't necessarily the right the right choice so then it it is that playing along at home of what you would what you would do and i think that that was right at the end that was the last episode the last moments of the episode i think you were missing that maybe earlier on in the in the series absolutely i mean the the joy of this is like the joy in this is meeting the couples and learning about them and watching them progress and there's some really really lovely stories and some lovely contestants this season even they're always really nice i have to say i don't think i've seen a couple yet where i've thought 
oh, they're not nice people. They might have yeah. different views or they might have different experiences or you you might have an opinion because everyone's got an opinion, haven't you, about what, what's going on in that. And the, the show invites you to have an opinion as well. Yeah. But there's never anyone who you think they're intrinsically an awful person. Yeah, I've seen some really nasty things written about mm. one certain contestant who mm. is a younger girl who... Yeah. Like, if I was on this at 20s, I'd, oh. I, I, I'm sure they could edit it oh, this way to me, to, to make me look a bit I would love to do it now, to well, be fair. If I did it now, I would be so grumpy. You know what it's like yeah. when I get really hungry and I'm tired? Can you imagine what people would make of me if the camera was in your face and you're in the rain and you can't find somewhere to stay for the night? And yeah. of course you're going to have those, you know, those moments mm. of just, I am sick of this. But by the end of the show, I mean, they, they edit it quite well mm. so that you're not entirely sure who is going to win. Up until the last seconds where people turn a page over in a book to see who is the first sign into this checkpoint. I remember turning to you and saying, do you know what? I don't really care who wins yeah, this yeah, because yeah. I, I enjoy, I like yeah. every single yeah. couple on yeah. this. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a really underseen show. Um, and that's well, I think why now I like it's, better, it's, it. it's BBC One now, isn't it? So I think it has, and there's going to do, there's going to be a celebrity version, which I do not want there to be. Um, <sighs> I don't like this. I, I feel it'll be incredibly contrived. I think, it'll, I know it'll be for charity, so pop that on one side. But I do think, when you're a celebrity and you're travelling, of course someone's going to give you a lift. Of course people are going to bring them you into their home. You've got that added bonus. That I don't added... think it's going to be David Beckham in this. No, but he's, there's still going to be people who are known, you know, and with a camera crew and celebrity, you know. And, and... I mean, that's the difference, isn't mm. it? That when you've got a camera crew next to you, yeah. you like you do feel that slight bit of. Oh, we're doing it for charity, and we're doing the, you know, it's just all yeah. of that extra. I don't think it's going to be quite as realistic as as I feel this is. No, but at the moment, I, I yeah, I, okay, I can understand mm. that, but I I'm still looking forward still, to we'll it still because still I still enjoy watching course, the places. Yeah. And it always gives me a massive wonderland. Yeah, huge travel sort of bug, isn't it? Yeah. I think it did do a really good job for Canada. Oh God, yeah, of showing I mean, Canada. It seems so nice in Canada no, as well. and they're like. They're just really lovely people letting them into their homes and bring it. And again, the camera crew's there. A lot of people who were letting them stay suddenly put on the T-shirts that are branded for their own business. And you kind of go, all right, okay. Funny um, that, yeah. But yeah, and I think a number of the couples, particularly those um, couple, um, Zainab and Mabeen, yes. they really took to the experience. And we said this, didn't we, at the time? Yeah. That they were going to meet people yes they were trying to win but they were actively seeking out experiences that they wouldn't be able to get elsewhere so they went skiing they went on like the horse there was a horse racy type of thing that they went to they actively looked for the experience and new things that they could take back you know take home rather than going right we've got to get to the next checkpoint we've got to get to it even though they did do that they, they did really well yeah. in it um i really enjoyed their enjoyment of the things that they they had done that wouldn't have been available if you're you know walking down the road in you know newcastle yeah but if you win it and get 20 grand 20 that can grand. buy you a lot of experience yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah i mean this is a big this is a big prize it must be very yeah, expensive for the bbc to show yeah. i'm surprised they don't make a bigger grand. deal out of it yeah but like, I've seen... I think more people have put, picked up on it and a lot of people that I've heard are going back and watching the earlier 
series? should because I think mm. I think the first series is one of the best mm. like certainly reality TV shows I've ever seen. Yeah. I love this series yeah. and like I said, despite the problems, I enjoyed spending time with these people. But you I... do feel you get to know them. Yeah, absolutely. You really do yeah. feel like you get yeah. to know them because I was looking them up on Twitter afterwards and I was like, oh, there they are, and they're like chatting away. And we haven't watched the. There was a follow up, wasn't there? Of like where are they now the reunion and yeah. I, I really enjoyed that in the earlier series so I'd like to watch that at some Definitely. point and see see how they're all getting on I do worry about where they can go for a third mm-hmm. season uh, for, a sorry fourth season mm-hmm. yeah um, because they seem to have seem to have done the obvious ones um, I mean, the, the world's a big place, isn't it? You could, could you do sort of? Have they done Japan and that sort of? But Japan, like Japan, would be side of is the quite world. a small. I'm not saying just Japan. I'm just saying that but Japan's an island, so you're going to struggle to. Uh... You know my geography terrible. <laughs> what I'm saying is that part of the world. Well, the first series they went all the way across Europe and then all yeah. the way across mm. um, to almost oh, southern Africa? Asia. No, they haven't, and I mm. wonder if that is possible. Yeah. Given. Given the problems that they covered in South America, yeah. I don't know if there is a like. I, I, it's going to sound naive about about mm-hmm. this now, but obviously there are parts of Africa which are. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you struggle with um, public transport in yep. the in <laughs> in Western Canada, mm-hmm. I suspect that there's going to be parts where you, you really struggle for yeah. and. I'm not sure whether that would be possible or not to go across Africa. That would be absolutely fascinating as yeah. well to see, see different parts of Africa, but. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how possible that is. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, my geography's not. But I mean, it's absolutely so. huge countries mm. and majorly built up. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's possible. Think you've got across Scandinavia. Oh no, I'm just thinking of my globe, <laughs> like <laughs> just picking out things. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, Scandinavia would be like two episodes into. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just suggesting. And then you just, just into Europe. Just and... thinking. Just yeah, thinking. yeah. I mean, I'd like to see. Well, I'd... they might have to do that again. I'd like to see a similar to route through. to yeah. similar route to season one, but mm. maybe picking different checkpoints. Yeah, along yeah, the way but and, maybe that's yeah. what they have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm ready for it anyway. Have you got anything else for telly? I've got nothing. But oh, I've right, got a few right. things for films. Yeah. As have you? Yes. Well, you've got one thing anyway. I've got one thing. Cool, let's do that. Saturday night at the movies Who cares what picture you see When you're with your baby Let's roll in the balcony It's a me, it's a Mario. <laughs> now, is Chris Pratt's accent just as bad as mine? I'm going to cover Super Mario Brothers movie. But I'm also going to cover Dungeons and Dragons, which I know they've been out a little while, but I'm going to do them at the same time. Are you just ignoring my Mario impression <laughs> there? Because you, you've just paused and said something very serious after I've done like what I consider to be quite a funny start. You are, aren't you? You're just ignoring me. I gave it the attention it deserved. <laughs> Okay, so you're going to... Sorry, I'll put my posh voice on. So you're going to do Super Mario Brothers and you're also going to do Dungeons and Dragons, but you're going to do them very quickly. Yeah, because they've been around a while. Um, but they are both adaptations of um, gaming franchises. They've had mixed cinematic history between them, shall we say. They've both had previous versions of this story based on the property and both have failed massively. Have you seen the... Mario Brothers film from the oh Bob Hoskins yes and John Leguizamo yeah yeah love it I've never seen it love it hang on you love it of course I do it's a terrible film you know how much I love terrible films I've never seen it like I'm sure I've seen bits of it so your your life is always coloured by the fact that you saw things as a child so yeah um 
yeah, it, it'll be awful. But I think at the time, I really, really enjoyed the madness of it. You see, the, the Mario film that I know isn't really a Mario film, but it's The Wizard. The Wizard? Yeah, we talked about this the other day. Did it's, we? No, actually, I was talking to Chris about it. Oh, <laughs> Friend of the podcast, good, Chris. Hi, I was Chris. like, God, you didn't talk to me about it. Right, The Wizard. It, it's Fred Savage and Jenny Lewis. Who's Jenny Lewis? Jenny Lewis is a singer who was the lead singer of Relo Kelly. Mm, don't know. Okay. But yeah. But okay, this is on. her as a child actress mm-hmm. before she was the lead singer in a little American indie band. And they're travelling across America to get their brother, who it's a long time since I've seen it. I imagine it is based on Rain Man, shall we say that? Oh, okay. Right. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, to a Super Mario Brothers 3 tournament. Right. It's it's one. Lo- it is okay. to Mario Brothers what Mac and Me is mm-hmm. to McDonald's, and yeah, and it was the basis of the Nintendo Glove, which and why have I even bothered saying? I, that? I know my eyes are going. The what? <laughs> Nintendo launched the Power Glove, which was a newfangled controller. I had a Mega Drive. Does that? Not, I know not it's Nintendo. not Nintendo. I know that's not Nintendo, but I d- I did have some kind of skin in the game with the old computers back in the day. This, this, I mean, this failed massively, so I'd be surprised mm. if you knew about the power glove. Anyway, there was a bad guy that used it. Remember we were going to do this really quickly? <laughs> really quickly, yeah. So it's two properties that are basically films where someone needs to rescue someone. In Dungeons & Dragons, it's Chris Pine's daughter. In Super Mario Brothers, it's Luigi, Luigi. from the castle. Yay! They both have things to do along the way that are just serve as various plot moments. And they're both at least fine. I think Dungeons and Dragons is an excellent, excellent film. I laughed out loud multiple times. It's the same director as Game Night, which I've never seen. No, neither have I. I've, I've heard, you've had, yeah, we've I've heard, heard good so things. many good things yeah. about okay, it. Well, and I really need to check it out. Revisit that. And Dungeons and Dragons, um, I have to say, it was uh, part of it was filmed up here um, in Anik. I didn't know that. Oh, was, it Bambra? was it Bannock or Bambra? Anyway, one of the two. It was the same time as um, Indiana Jones 5. Ah, uh, okay. So I'm getting confused about whereabouts it was because the indie was at Bambra. But yeah, they filmed things around here. I think people saw Hugh Grant around the area. They will have done. Mm. They will have done. Dungeons & Dragons has a really, really good story. It's hilarious. Everyone is has something to do in it. Um, the ensemble cast is, is really, really good. Like, Chris Pine is obviously really... Oh, he's, he's like, great in he's everything, excellent. isn't he? Yeah. But Michelle Rodriguez has, mm-hmm. like, one of the better... One of the better... She's not just moody, and, mm-hmm. I mean, that's who is she, she obviously playing, but she goes through an arc in this, and everyone goes through an arc. Um, who else is in it? Justice Smith. Okay, yeah. Who, who I know from the Jurassic World Oh, of course, films. yeah. 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 Um, Sophia Lillis... Is in this? She was oh, the she young. Was, she's young. Young Amy Adams that's it, yes. and young. Um, oh yes. It. Other um, red-haired lady. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's um, all go through great, great like transformations. I'd say Sophie Lillis is the least served out of all the three, but st- still a really strong female character. There's really innovative action sequences. Um, René Jean Page turns up for a little Ooh, bit in the middle oh, okay. and is hilarious. Like, one of the be- some of the best jokes centre around that character. Hugh Grant is Hugh Grant. I mean, yeah, you know exactly yeah. 
where you go. But yeah, this is. A, I think you'd really enjoy it. Yeah, I think I would as well. Um, I'm looking forward to it fun. coming out. It's obviously set the time for electricity, Obviously. but I really enjoyed it still. And I love anything with castles and almost like merry men. And that's what I felt from watching the trailer that it was sort of like a bunch of misfits back in medieval times yes. doing stings. And that's very my cup of tea. And apparently there's loads of references to the games in there. Now I've never okay. played have I. them, but. That's a shame because I kind of. I would have liked to have got the references but yeah. i've been wait, i've been waiting for you to ask if there's a reference to something else in there but yeah. oh uh, uh, it's a dungeon and dragons ride <laughs> there is a reference Yay! to that sadly they spoiled it by putting it on what? like an online advert that i saw which was oh, really annoying before i saw it I'm but sad. yeah it there's a there's a fun reference to there's a, ta- yes. a, a small man pop up at various occasions yeah. with a riddle no no no, <laughs> no the super mario brothers is fine Okay. There is very little plot. Who's Luigi in it? So I know Chris Pratt's um, the Chris voice Pratt's of Mario. Mario. Luigi is Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. D- don't know the You will know him. Wait, okay. and I'll show you a picture of him, okay. which I'm about to do now. Okay. Oh, yes. Simon. He was in, like, Horrible yeah. Bosses. Uh-huh. He was in... Yeah. Okay. And so, serviceable? Serviceable. I had a lot of fun. And it's not as funny. There is very little plot about this, which is what people have been picking apart because it's a it's a kids film, you know. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, it, I, this I is did, more a kids um, film than I did take the Mickey out of you when you were when you were going. I went, you're going you're going to see the kids film Super Mario Brothers by yourself. Yeah, but a lot of people that I've been following on Twitter and are um, adults like us have been to see it and seem to be having a good time with it. Well, I mean, so things in its favour. I really enjoyed spending time with these people in this world. Like, I wanted to go and play the Mario games straight afterwards. And I've never really... I've played Mario 64. I've played, like, the old ones. But I've never really got to, like, Mario Paper and Super Mario... Laundrette and stuff like that. I've never heard of Mario Paper. What's there is that? a, I don't, I don't, there is a, there is a Paper Mario okay. franchise. I don't, I don't really understand don't, what it is. Yeah, either. yeah, me neither. Um, which I didn't, I never felt like, oh, I could really get into Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that. Really, really strong female character. Um, Princess Peach is not someone to be rescued. She's someone driving the action and the driving the narrative by being a strong female character, basically. Um, and yeah, it's just a lot of fun. There's, I imagine if you are into your Nintendo games, there will be loads of references that you get. And I saw quite a few. But when I apply the very little knowledge that I know, like there is a, there's an old wrestling game that's one of the first games on the... Of course there is. Yeah. There's, um, and there is, in Mario's bedroom, there's a, f- like a fight poster in the background. So like you imagine like the standard boxing poster. Yeah. And the two characters that are facing off each other are two characters from this random wrestling game that only, only people who follow wrestling no and only know because it's one of them things where it's got really bad English in it. Mm-hmm. So when you beat someone it says, A winner is you <laughs> which oh. yeah. It's it's and it's become a bit of an internet meme like all your bases are belong to us and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's perfectly fine. It's made a billion dollars. Literally a billion dollars. So there's gonna be more. Okay. And they've still got plenty of I mean I know people from I know people from Mario Kart. That's basically all I know. And yeah, there's plenty of properties left on the table that they can play with. Highlight of this is Jack Black as Bowser. 
every single time he was on screen, I stood to attention. He was, he is the funniest thing in this. He is having a lovely time. He gets to sing. He's not I your love to ty- sing. yeah. <laughs> He's not your typical. I'm going to get you, baddie. Like every time he was on, I actually laughed out loud. Which in a screening full of five people, two of which were sat one seat away from me in a theatre, which. Just annoying. Why? Yeah. Why? But yeah, it's it, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. So yeah. The, yeah, I mean, sadly, Dungeons and Dragons hasn't done as well as it should do, given the quality of the film. I don't think there's probably going to be a sequel. Okay. But I'd love it if there was. Yeah. If somehow, yeah. Yeah. maybe it makes a lot on VOD. Or it might do because it's been a funny time recently with with things, and I w- I'll watch it. It sounds like a good Saturday night film. I think you would really enjoy it. Mm. So, main event, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. So this is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which yes. is the, the third film in the um, in what is now seemingly a trilogy. Yes. And, and the end. When the first Guardians came out, what was your reaction to it? Well, I think everyone was like... Because it was the first property to come up from Marvel where everyone was like, what the hell is Guardians of the Galaxy? Who are these people? Hang on, there's a raccoon that talks and a tree. <laughs> yeah. I remember like listening to people doing the news when it was like, Vin Diesel's been hired as Groot, who is a talking tree. But he doesn't really talk. Well, he does talk. It's he does. Just that we, yeah. Yeah, but we, we just... don't hear yeah. what he says. But obviously, like everyone, when it came out, it was an absolute surprise here. Mm. Awesome needle drops. Like... It's really propelled... Chris Pratt, didn't it? Oh, it made, I mean, it made him. It made yeah, him the I star. Mean, yeah, it made him the star that he is and went mm. on to do some awful Jurassic World movies. Mm. Yeah. Well, and... there was talk of him being Indiana Jones at one point, just because of that first scene in in the first Guardians where he's jumping around and he's, you know, he's singing into the animal. and I don't the... think that makes him Indiana Jones. I think the... No, I didn't either, but there was that, that sense of adventure and... I think it's the scene with the raptors from the first Jurassic mm-hmm. World, which makes me think he could be okay. Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad he isn't. Oh, glad he isn't. Yeah, he's, and he's not. We have discussed him that he is we have. like his stock has dropped recently. Yeah, um, he has some interesting things going on in his personal life, and the I think he's kind of become quite bland. Yeah, from being That's like. My, from being like the sexiest man in the world, Mm-mm. he has just become massively vanilla. It's really, really generic. And I've got things to say about volume three, but at that point in time, I thought he was amazing. I was like, oh, who's this, this, this fresh new star that has so much charisma and so much to him. And the gang together, that madcap gang of misfits, just really captured the imagination and the way that they work together and the way the theme of like family and finding your own family, not your sort of blood family, but you can find family and friends was yes. just really, really powerful. And like you say, the need drops, the music, I'm just listening to the soundtrack over and over again. Those songs I'd never heard before that just became favourite, favourite tracks. Come and get <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Like just, it just makes you think of, and actually they're quite, maximalistic they're very boombastic it's all very primary colours and kind of lots it brought of... back hooked on a feeling though <laughs> yeah. I thought we'd got rid of that with Ali McBeal <laughs> but um yeah I, I, 
I loved the first one. The second one, I wasn't so keen on. Um, I found the baddie, Ego, um, Russell... But Kurt Russell. Yes. Kurt Russell. I was going to say. What? Russell, what? Uh, Kurt Russell. I just... Uh, Kurt Russell's great, but I just... The storyline, the plot just really didn't capture my imagination. Apart from um, the introduction of different characters. So, for example, Mantis in Volume 2. I, I really like Mantis as a character and she doesn't get talked about anywhere nearly as much as, as the others. And I really love her interaction with Drax. Now, did you watch the Christmas special? No, I didn't. And I understand that things occurred in the holiday special that then have ne- subsequently come to fruition in Volume 3. Yeah, if you were going to see this, watch mm. the holiday special first, I'd yeah. say. Um, there was a yeah. moment in Volume 3 where I went, have I just not remembered things from Volume 2? And yeah, then afterwards I listened to some podcasts and realised that I'd missed some information. Yeah. But it didn't, I don't think it spoiled my um, my experience of Volume 3. I wasn't sitting there going, God, this doesn't make any sense. I was just thinking, wow, it's been a while since I watched Volume 2. I didn't remember that. Yeah, I've never revisited it, um, mm. which is interesting. No, I'm, yeah. Mm. And I, yeah, if I, I think if Volume 1 was on the telly, I'd probably put it on and, and go with it. Just yeah. because of the... The, the atmosphere of it, the vibe of it is just so enjoyable and you just go with it, don't you, on an adventure, whereas two, are just like you say, haven't haven't gone back. So going into volume three, what were your thoughts? Were you looking forward to it or were you sort of a bit met because of what had happened in the second one? Well, I didn't, not so much for what's happened with the second one. Um, I was a bit mad just because the MCU has just been a bit met. To be perfectly honest, um, I'm, I think we need to take a break from the MCU. I think it needs to go and get its shit together. There are obviously casting issues which we have spoken about um, and a major baddie that is going to be going forward may not be available as an actor. Um, we discussed this when we talked about Creed 3. Creed 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go back, please see previous podcast. But I was... I am a big fan of James Gunn. Um, I love The Suicide Squad. Um, and I've loved other films. How many other films of his have you seen? I really, I'm, I'm trying to think of the I think it's just The Suicide Squad that I have, that I've seen of his. Okay, so the two films prior to Guardians of the Galaxy were Slither. No. Nope. I don't know if you've seen that. No. And, the, and Super, which was a superhero film with Rain Wilson and Elliot Page. No. Nope. Haven't seen that. I've seen Super Eight, and I've heard people talk about Super, and I've got a bit confused. <laughs> right. So, okay. Right, okay. Okay. So, what were your expectations? Um, uh, middling. Um, because of Volume Two, um, was looking forward to seeing what was going to happen because when I saw the trailer, and I there was a a, a big needle drop in the trailer, um, uh, from Space Hog, that I I love that song. Um, it reminds me, and we said this in the card. It reminds me of um, Stiltskin's Inside. There's like there's there's a major part of like the riff that really like does something in my brain. It's like it's all nineties stuff that just makes my brain vibrate. So it reminds me of feeling the moment by Feeder to me. Oh but, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know this song like oh, up until right. no no no. Like are they are they a British band? Or... I don't. I think in my brain they're Australian. Okay, I'm but I may have made that up. Um, so anyway, yeah, so the trailer had the Space Hog song and 
it had these really boombastic moments and a lot of that slow motion gang walking together, which I really, really like. I really like a gang. Like, I'm really into that. <laughs> like, I like a gang of misfits that all know each other's weaknesses and strengths and get on together. And yeah, I just, I really like the characters. I particularly like Drax and, and Mantis. Um, even though they're sort of like, when you compare to the others, they're not given really as much as um, some of the other characters. And I think that's probably why I like them because I quite like peripheral characters. Um, so wasn't really thinking very much of it going in, but but was intrigued by the trailer and felt a little bit more more positive. Should we say what we think of the film? We built up to it. Yes. <laughs> we'll say what we think. Um, I cannot place this film. I oh well, that's good. Yeah, I know. Um, I change my mind on it each day, and I've listened to loads of podcasts. I've read reviews, and really diverse opinions. I kind of feel like it's two films. I feel like there's two films that are kind of... And I can't tell if they're... This is the bit where I'm confused by my own opinion. I can't tell if they're rubbing up against each other or actually it's a moment of genius in that one thread is so primary colours, people doing amazing actions, stunty things... comedy that really really made me laugh there's a particular thread with a dog that i just (laughs) loved i just absolutely loved it and it comes back over and things pay off in terms of the comedy i I like love the drax and mantis um apart from one thing that i felt i might we'll talk about in spoilers one thing that just i really really didn't like um that happens towards the end with them and but i i love that the fact that he takes things so literally i love the fact that she's got that empathy and it just works for me um the um but there is a whole other plot thread that is quite frankly and i said this when i replied to um the robs from the movie robcast from their review which you should all go and listen to i said it was the stuff of nightmares (laughs) and i and it is there is horror there is proper horror in this film and i also talked to um one of my friends and friend of the podcast alison hello alison and she said the same thing she said she had this visceral reaction to this particular plot line and the things that were on screen that made her really upset and there are images that keep flashing back into my head which i found just horrifying even though i know it's not real even though i know we're dealing with a talking raccoon and a tree and they're in space i know all of that but there was something quite powerfully awful about and i can't work out mark whether those two things make one really good film or whether it, it broke the film apart. I just can't work it out. I'm really struggling with it. What do you think? Okay. Um, I think this is the strongest film Marvel have done since... Certainly since No Way Home. Um, I, I I don't think that's a controversial point of view. I think it's probably the second best film they've done since Endgame. Um, so for me, and I'm, I feel we're entirely in the same camp in that I... 
I don't really care for a lot of the motivation for a lot of the characters. I think there are plots that are... Um, so I think basically... Do you remember the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2? The post credit sting? No, I don't. They tried... They tried to cram in, like, four different post credits things. That was, oh, very funny at the time and very, like, oh, subversive, ha, ha, ha. But it gives them too much that they need to pay off in this film. So there are absolute subplots of characters that are brand new to the franchise and are well-loved characters that just did not work in any way for me and it felt tacked on. Um, There are characters that you need to put into a situation because they appeared in the post-credits thing and they therefore feel the need to come back. And there are... I think I have the exact same problem about the exact same piece of dialogue in the Drax and Mantis. I Because I, I just think that stuck out and I was like, where the fuck did that come from? And it's it's a 30-second thing and it's yeah. something says something and then it, it's forgotten about for... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we're on the same Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And that just seemed to come out of nowhere. And then, but there are subplots in this film which make, which are supposed to drive the motivation of characters. But they're never, they've never been built up in anywhere. Like, Peter Quill's entire mission in this is absolutely just first day of film school. This is someone's motivation. Should we have should we have built up this character in two two films ago? Yeah, absolutely you should. But yeah, well we'll, we'll put it in anywhere. People just uh, yeah yeah. Um, however, I think that the the main plot of this, and if you've seen the trailer, there is there won't be any surprises that the majority of this film is driven by the current story and backstory of Rocket Raccoon, and I think that is some of the most emotional and visceral storytelling that's ever been done in the MCU. I I can understand why people find it horrific, which I suspect this is where, where you were coming from, mm. but for me, it worked on every single level, and there are shots that will stay with me, and that, just like there is a shot in, there is one shot in Super that has stayed with me ever since I saw it, and it's absolutely horrific, and it, that this is, this is the thing, and I think this is James Gunn's absolute best, where he is he has someone to rein him in a little bit and he, he has that kind of subversive mm. um, storytelling told through horror and mm. I think, you know, some of the best <laughs> some of the yeah. best storytelling is abs- in this Agreed. is absolutely yeah. horrific storytelling. Um, I think that the bad guy, the... Oh, he's the um, high evolutionary. Thank you. Um, I think he's excellent. Mm. It's not an actor that I'd seen before. Um, and it's not your typical baddie it's more of an let's say ideology so someone's ideology rather than their strength like they're being really really strong and throwing people around I think he absolutely steals every scene he's in Mm -hmm. and also has some absolutely horrific imagery based around himself as well yeah I thought there was a um, because with all of these sorts of films all sci-fi really nods to real life doesn't it and I thought there were um there were similarities between um, uh, Nazism and yeah. um, and fascism, um, which which stood really strongly. And sometimes that is the most scary thing: someone who doesn't have particular strength 
a physicality, mm. but their ideology is so horrific that, you know, we're using horrific a lot in this, yeah. <laughs> but their, their ideology is so horrific that it takes you, you know, to awful places. But yeah, I mean, it's it's good fun watching. It's good fun watching Groot just yeah. do fun things. Yeah, yeah. The, there are scenes on spaceships which I found hilarious. Yeah, yeah. like I thought it was really funny. Seeing at Seeing the gang be a gang and yeah. like just interacting, yeah. and there is you know there's a scene where that um, Mantis and Drax need to get into a need to get into a, a an office or like a, a a room and have to work past a security guard. Mm. And it's really broad comedy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then it yeah. just works with these characters that we've known and loved for f- five films now. Like if you yeah, include yeah, the you Avengers put all the films, other bits in, yeah, six if you include the last mm-hmm. Thor film. I yeah, I think it's a I think it's a four four mm-hmm. star film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will watch it again. Yeah, um, will you? God, <laughs> I will not be watching it again. <laughs> or I'll watch bits of it and then fast forward the other bits. Like, genuinely, I wouldn't be able to watch it again. So is it the flashback that you yeah, found? Yeah, it's, it's the Rocket Raccoon yeah. backstory that I find very, very... I, I mean, I cried a lot in this film. I really, really cried. I cried... There's one line about Drax that made me cry at the end. But um, the 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 Rocket storyline really, mm. really upset me. So before we... before I, When I came back, mm-hmm. I said, oh, I think you should go and see it and talk about it and yeah. you said I'm not going to see it I'm not going to see it yeah because I'd heard it was like I think you'd picked up on people's stuff about animal cruelty and things yeah, like that yeah Kermode had talked yeah. about it mm. and I said I didn't I, I think obviously it, there is tough things in there but I don't think it is mm. I, I don't think there are I think it's more suggested at the points and I think I, I don't think there's anything yeah. that would put you off going to see this film yeah. was I wrong yes <laughs> oh really yeah I don't think you were majorly wrong I think there is a lot of suggestion but there is also some very explicit scenes of what I would term cruelty without giving any, anything or things that sort of an, an image of something that you don't expect to see that then leads you to understand what might have happened to that particular character, but also what they're what they're left with now, what's been done to them, and yes. and that's and these are obviously these these are people people these are animals you know these are vulnerable characters shall we say rather than people who can stand back up for themselves and is a, there's all that history of experimentation and. Um, you know vulnerability so there was yeah I I found it very very tough very I'm glad tough. you went to see it yeah I'm really really glad I went to see it because it's I mean part of it is because it's useful to have, be able to have that dialogue isn't it to be able to talk about it and to sort of listen to the reviews and have my own opinion on it so I am glad I went to see it for that reason but I'm also glad because I think it's a I think it's a good I think it's a mm. very good film actually I think it's a very good film I just don't know whether tonally I I was just swinging from one to another, from one to another. But having said that, I think if it was just just the broad comedy all the way through, would I have just walked out and gone, oh well, and forgotten about it? A bit like volume two. I can't remember what happened in volume two. Yeah, okay. So I, I understand that that storyline really adds something to it. I, I just found it tough, that's all. I found it tough. Do you think that there was anything in there that shouldn't have been in there? 
like because obviously you found it very tough do you think oh, there's no, anything I don't, that you found th- th- I don't think there's anything in there that was done salaciously right I don't think there's anything in there that was done to sort of like oh right we're really good you know I question the 12A. I do question yeah, the 12A. Um, there are scene, the, there are scenes in, involving, um, you know, injured people. Let's just say, or yeah. inj- injured characters. Um, there are there are scenes of body horror. Um, and yes, it's sci-fi. And yes, it's you know, it's it's heightened. But I think that there are some quite adult themes and i don't mean that like sexy themes but i mean like adult things that you even like i am an adult and i'm finding this hard Mm. to work through in my mind i'm processing the things that i've seen quite a lot i think this is if i saw if took like let's say an eight or nine year old to it I think that's the sort of thing that could stay with you for a long time. Now, I'm not saying that that's terribly bad because I saw American Werewolf in London when I was very, very young and then all I could see was David turning into the werewolf in the forest in the ho- the hospital bed in my nightmares. But I still love that film <laughs> and I'm still really glad I saw it. I, I just wonder whether 12A was the right the right thing to go for. I think it's a high 12A. Mm. Um, and let's, let's remember, 12A is... Designed for twelve-year-olds, um, unless you, as an adult, know know the child and feel, feel they them. would be yeah. okay with it, yeah. uh, like, and I, I think that is open to misinterpretation. Oh, absolutely. Shall we say? Yeah, um, I think if you're yeah. responsible, you look up maybe the BBFC or you go and see it first. Yeah. you know that's what you would hope most people would do with twelve. Because obviously, um, Dark Knight, um, Dark the Dark Knight. Yes. I was trying to put something on the end of it. The Dark Knight was a twelve eight, wasn't it? Um, and that was. Uh, and there was a very similar shot in here to a shot that stayed with me from The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I think that the things you find most horrific in this film, an eight-year-old would not necessarily have the context around okay. to find them that horrific. Okay. That that would be All my right. feeling. Okay. Um, but yeah. It's a robust eight-year-old. <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's a suggestion what of what has happened. I know what you mean. Yes, I think that's right. That. Yeah. Uh, the, the the comparison which I which I made to you when I was explaining it was it's more Sid's bedroom from mm-hmm. Toy Story than it is anything really her- like yeah. physically, yeah. you know, like uh, human centipede too or yeah. whatever, yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for that that image. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um do you want to do a bit of spoilers? Because we're dancing yeah, sure, around we this. We are dancing around. And... Let's do a short spoiler section. Um, so so if you're leaving us here, um, thanks very much for listening. You can find us at The Honeymoon Pod on Instagram or Twitter. And if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, you can leave us a review or a star rating. That would be brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. So spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 from here on in. The image that I found most horrific was the rabbit, who's I think called Floor, yes. um, with the spider's legs and the metal plate across their mouth. The and I think it's played as horror because yes. the leg, you know, they come out like looking like spider from the dark, and they've got this squeaky little voice, and then just the other characters as well that. And you're right, it's that suggestion of what's happened to them, like the walrus who's a, now a wheelchair user or, or his legs are, are wheels. 
Um, and like, I mean, the... a walrus doesn't have legs, but no, but you know, yeah, yeah, you, I know, know what you, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> now is not the time to correct me on my animal <laughs> physiology. <laughs> and then you know the the she an otter, <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, with obviously has had things removed and just. Yeah, it it was very t- very tough. But also, can I also say that it wasn't just that; it was also the um, the quick e- evolution scenes as well, where they put animals into the pit yes. and the, and then their bodies were being tried. And it it reminded me of Alien um, or um, Alien um, Resurrection, where you see various experimentations let's just say i'm not going to spoil alien resurrection but um, i don't remember anything from alien resurrection yeah but okay um other than i left that and immediately joined the queue next to the Odeon in hull for a blur concert at the college you were going to mention that you always mention that you know whenever i mention the only thing i remember about alien resurrection (laughs) um so yeah those were the the key moments you didn't find that as difficult as i did obviously i mean i found it i found it challenging because of course it is um i found the i found the characterization of these of the animals charming like obviously mm. and that's how they're meant to be and didn't you have that feeling of dread all the way along because you just knew they were never going to make it but i was expecting someone to drag them out and like do further experimentation on them and yeah, yeah it, I, was, it was the if dread. anything if anything and this is mm-hmm. this is a phrase possibly for the title it was kind of a relief when they were just shot okay <laughs> I, I do wonder, yeah, I do. But even that, you know, I was talking about kids and the 12A, the images of them all dead on the floor, I, like, that's really tough. When you've got these cutesy animals, and okay, they might look, you know, different, but cutesy animals all wanting to escape and then dead on the floor, all shot. Um, but yeah, it, I found that, I mean, it was... It was a strong 12 Yeah. Like I say, I don't have a problem with that storyline and I don't have a problem with horror, although complete um, worse. But it just got to me a a bit much. Shall we talk about the the scene at the end with Drax and Mantis? Because I think we're talking about the same scene. Is it when she's calling him stupid? Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought... Why well, the fuck that, are you doing that, you prick? Yeah. That, that were my exact Yeah, oh, things. totally. I was just like, but this isn't right. Like, characterization-wise. Yeah. Didn't you think it was completely wrong? C- came you out of nowhere, would, completely out of And also, of he's not stupid. And, and my brain's going, he's not stupid. He's clearly neurodivergent. <laughs> and, like, I know I'm I'm projecting onto yes. this character. I know I am. But he's he's clearly autistic, right? Or he's 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 coded autistic. Yes. In in, in our world, and therefore he's not stupid. He just takes things literally. And what they what they want to do is, I mean, I'm, get, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm not James Gunn, mm. um, but I imagine this is because when he goes in and can communicate with the kids, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. that is a payoff to show that yeah. he's not stupid. Yes. There are far more subtle ways oh, that you can massively. build this up. Yeah. And, like, throughout a film, rather than just having two minutes and then two minutes later have that payoff. And then just put a hand in and say, forget. And, it, and that made yeah. him seem stupid because then he bumbled off. Yeah. 
having forgotten what had happened rather than being able to reply back and go, actually, I'm not stupid. And I get what you mean about the payoff with him being able to speak the, lang- the language. Mm. But like you say, there are far more, you could have threaded that through. Or threaded it through and people not through. trusting his yeah, opinion or yeah. things that he says he can do. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. But yeah, it just came out of nowhere at the end. And like, don't call him stupid. And it's absolutely out of out of character for mm. Mantis to be doing that. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Did you get the... Um, the, the sort of like the romantic little bubble between um, Nebula and uh, Chris Pratt Starlord. Well, yes, yeah. yeah. I, mean, that's how I it's... thought it was quite quite early on before they, did, you know, with her sort of sitting with him next yes. to him when he when he was drunk and calling her like Gamora and everything. I kind of hope that that might have gone not like massively further but i would have liked to have seen that explored a little more you know what i'm sure if you type in those two names oh, on the internet dumb. you'll find the some fanfic. very interesting fanfic. yeah yeah you're probably right um what's this whole thing with um what's his what is his name star lord peter quill peter um quill. what's the whole thing with the granddad do you remember the granddad from anything? so the granddad's in the first one oh right like, i didn't remember that at all but only in a bit part in the it takes him out of the <laughs> Well, that's actually the second one, isn't oh, it? Oh, is it? Yeah. I thought Laura Haddock was the first one. Like, when, he, when he's, like, talking about I, his mum. Anyway, right, like, so I don't granddad. think you see her in the... See her up close in the... Okay. In the, I might be wrong. Okay. I absolutely might be wrong. But you are... Yeah, he is taken out the room by his granddad. Mm-hmm. But this is then becomes, like, oh, you need to go, to go see your granddad. Like, this has been a plot thread for... Yeah, like, he hasn't seen him for years. Like, he's not yeah. even thought about... He's too busy thinking about the blue people. The blue man. <laughs> He's like more obsessed with him, isn't he? He's like Michael a surrogate dad. Thank you. Yes. As a surrogate dad, yeah. who like appears in this one randomly, doesn't he? He's, well, yeah. yeah. But he's been, no, yeah. I really like the thing with the dog. Is it Cosmo, Cosmo the dog? Yeah. Is that a dog? Is that I'm a good dog? I'm a good dog. Just, I just loved it. <laughs> that I mean, that is, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's lovely. And it was obviously lovely. voiced by. I am going to butcher this name. Give it a go and I'll I'll correct you. Uh, voiced by Maria Bakalova from oh, Bakalova, the yeah. Boyrat second movie film. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's but, great. Yeah, and it's a lovely little joke. I mean, Adam Warlock just... Oh, Adam Warlock yeah. didn't work. I felt sorry for Will Poulter because I think, I think the problem was there was just too much going on. And if it had just been a film about Adam Warlock versus The Guardians... Yes. That, I think, would have been fine. It wouldn't have been quite as interesting as some of the Rocket stuff. But yeah. what I think what happened was that he he started really strong. There was a real sense of jeopardy for the first time. At the beginning, I thought, someone's going to die here because he is just so super powerful. But then he's this. the plot idea is that he, he's like a child. He's childish and he's got his mum. But that just didn't go anywhere. No. And then she dies at the end and you kind of feel like he's going to turn a corner and he's going to um, come and help. And obviously he does, but he doesn't really do it until right until the end. And, and then he's just joining in in the hug and there wasn't enough done. I don't know whether there were some scenes that were cut out because it was a long film anyway, but they didn't need him. He, he wasn't no. required. He reminded me quite a lot of Rocky from the Rocky Horror Show because I'm sure at one point in the Rocky Horror Show they, they, like, they paint him gold as well. Um, you're looking at me blankly. Which one's Rocky? So he's, he's the guy in the... He's the big sort of bodybuilder guy who's in the little shorts that Frankenfurter makes. So he creates... Okay, yeah. He's like... 
he recreates Rocky. I've only seen it once. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know the songs. Yeah, I know. Anything else to... See, other than get Miley Cyrus back. I don't remember Miley Cyrus being in it at all. So Miley Cyrus was one of Sylvester Stallone's gang in the post-credit oh, sting of nice. the second film. I heard people talking about it, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've not. I, I thought everyone had forgotten. I was hoping that was a little thing that everyone had... Yeah. She plays the character was in the background of the of, of that group, but yeah, doesn't say anything. Good to so. see Sly Stallone um, come and do his little bit. Yeah, I, I liked New Gamora as well. I like the fact she didn't get back with him. I like the fact she didn't change who she was. Absolutely, um, it would have been so well. easy to do yeah. that. And, but yeah. Quill doesn't have much to do in this. It isn't really his film, as you say. No. But I do think the star has sort of gone now. I, I liked the bit at the beginning there was more at the beginning and then it sort of went a bit generic in the middle I like the bit at the beginning where so he's getting very drunk um, Nebula's having to take him out of the pub they're on you know nowhere the, you know, excellent I like use of the that. acoustic version of Creep absolutely absolutely and I, I thought oh this is going to be a really interesting new version of him but then as soon as Rocket gets injured it's like no here I am I'm the hero wow. you know, I'm the leader um, oh but I must go and see my granddad yeah. It's kind of his also, kind of his art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you stay for the post credits things? I stayed for one. Um, but then somebody on my row stood up next to me <laughs> and then just stood there. Now I can cope with someone like sitting next to me quietly and watching it. And I can cope with people like walking out around me, but I just can't cope with someone just stood there just standing. Just standing there, waiting for it. It just made me feel really, really awkward. Not that they were doing anything bad, but just in my world, either walk out or sit down. So I just thought, I'll leave because I don't feel comfortable with the, with this middle ground. And I knew that you would tell me what happened anyway. I know, I know. It was fine until he stood up and I thought, what are you standing up for? I just wanted to say, why don't you just sit down? Why don't you just sit down? It's fine. It might be a while until like all the little, you know, all the the um, the FX people's sort yeah, of credits. Yeah, there's always a lot through. of them, isn't so there? So you're just yeah. gonna be standing for ages, and now you're making me feel like all I can think about is the fact that you're standing Why up. Why don't you just go down a row? Yeah, I should have done. I should have gone down right to the front or something and like then that. Just sat down again. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what I should have done. But I would have known that he was up there just standing. Anyway, so yeah, he I might st- still be there. He might still be there. I think he possibly is. I stayed for the first one because then I thought the second one's just going to be something rubbish, isn't it? And apparently it was. Apparently it was yeah. Star-Lord will return, which I did not need to stay for that. But it was him talking to his granddad, which mm. never really paid off anything. I th- did it. you think that his granddad was someone famous or was going to be someone famous? No. Because that's what I, I it thought. It never crossed my mind. Okay. And the, his granddad picked up the paper and it's about Kevin Bacon um, being kidnapped. Oh, okay. Which, mm. I don't know if you're ever going to go back, but... I've spoiled it for you. It's okay. the plot line of the holiday special. Oh, okay. Right, fine. Mm. Nah. Yeah. Fine. But yeah, glad glad, glad I watched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, interestingly, the thing that I like about this is the fact that... I'll do that again. Interestingly, the thing that least offends me least about this is the thing that's offended me most about Thor and Doctor Strange in that they play no part in the wider mm. MCU storyline. Yeah. Which I give this a pass on for some reason. But yeah, yeah at yeah. least it yeah. I, I think you're right, you know, actually the more you've talked to me about it, the more I think I think you're right. It's a four star film. It just 
is you out. Yeah, and it's just not an easy four star for me. It's it's it's. I've had to really really think about it. But isn't that good? Like, isn't it great that we've not come out of a film like an MCU film and kind of gone well? Okay. Yeah. You know, it's nice to have something meaty to get your sort of your hands into. Hopefully, not literally. Okay, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. So yeah, there's lots of good things coming out. Mm. Are you you want to see Fast Ten? Oh yeah, definitely. Right. But for for the Jason Momoa, um, well, a for Jason Momoa because apparently he's really really good in it. Um, and I thought he was brilliant in the trailer, but also family. family. I just I love I love the fast films. I love how cheesy they are. I know Vin Diesel doesn't think they're cheesy. I know he thinks they're Shakespearean, but I just I love that madness, that big. You know, let's get in a car and race down the road and, oh, yeah, love it. Well, we'll see it this weekend Mm -hmm. and then we'll do a podcast about it. We will. Cool. Right, well, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.